Investors Stretched Thin by David Malpas from Forbes magazine. What a pickle. Even if the January equity slump resolves itself, investors face another tough year. The Federal Reserve and other financial regulators have been aggressively deflationary, driving the dollar up and prices down starting with gold in 2011. As discussed in many of these columns, Both the Fed's zero interest rate and its post-2009 bond buying have been giant mistakes, causing global growth to grind to a near halt. The monetary policy burden has been compounded by a lack of structural reforms in the U.S., Japan, and Europe. The U.S. government spends without a meaningful budget, squandering hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars per year while imposing a regulatory maze that's almost impenetrable. Our personal income tax system is in shambles, Our corporate tax rate is one of the world's highest, causing corporate flight, while some of our strongest companies keep their cash abroad to avoid confiscatory tax rates at home. The Fed's policies directed most credit to bond issuers and financial engineers, not growth. This drove high-grade bond yields down to the point that they don't offer much income. For investors and savers, it's a problem that could last for years. For decades, investors have been advised to keep a mix of stocks and bonds with a growing percentage in bonds as they age. That worked when bond yields were high, but it won't be enough for retirement, given low yields and longer life expectancy. Equities in many existing companies are priced aggressively, assuming strong earnings growth, but earnings prospects are weak or negative. Business investment has been low in most sectors, and global trade is in freefall. This will worsen if Europe's measures to screen refugees turn into protectionism. High-yield bonds offer more income, but they aren't cheap given their risk, especially if growth remains slow. Real estate has been a market darling, but returns going forward will depend on growth and inflation, both in short supply. My September 8, 2014 current events column, Returns Set to Plunge, explained how Fed policy created artificially high current returns at the expense of future returns. The policy rechannels credit to those who don't need to be subsidized, the government, big business, and the rich, at the expense of those who could use capital more profitably. In 2015, the total return on large U.S. stocks, the S&P 500 including dividends, slumped to only 1.4%. Total returns for a basket of smaller companies were negative, For Russell mid-cap stocks, negative 2.4%, small-cap stocks, negative 4.4%. The 10-year Treasury bond returned only 1.1%, below many measures of inflation. And 2016 has started so badly that it could turn out to be worse than 2015 unless government policies change drastically. Not much was sown. Rather than using profit to build their businesses, many companies have been buying stock by borrowing or underinvesting. That drives up stock prices in the short term, but long-term investors are depending on new profits, not just the bidding up of faltering growth. For many companies, there's not much to reap because not much was sown. Earnings actually shrank in 2015, a phenomenon that's likely to turn into an earnings recession. It's hard to find wiggle room in this grim equation. The solution is more business investment and faster growth, but that takes strong leadership focused on constructive change. Governments are heavily indebted and poorly managed. 
Rather than helping living standards, they're often part of the problem, as shown in submerging markets in Brazil, Russia, South Africa, and Venezuela. Japan's Abenomics consisted primarily of the government spending heavily and the central bank buying low-yielding government bonds, not a recipe for growth. Europe hasn't been able to salvage Greece's government, much less adopt the spending restraint, banking reforms, and market liberalizations needed for more growth. That brings the key investment variable back to square one, U.S. economic leadership. The U.S. is by far the world's biggest economy with more private sector investments in stocks, bonds, and real estate than the rest of the world combined, not counting China's quasi-private sector. Its growth problems are obvious, with solutions available in 2017. This year began on a bad note, but markets look ahead. If they see policy improvements on the horizon, there will still be time.